drink up. Got milk? 15% of adult height is added as a team. See how milk's nutrients can help at bodybymilk.com backslash Chris Bosch. Welcome, dear listeners, to our podcast. Jeff and Rick present Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. Where we journey through each issue of comics that include a member of the most underrated Marvel series from the 80s while drinking beer. Analyzing awesome and amazing adjacent adolescent adventures and absorbing alcohol. I am Jeff. And I am Rick. Random banter, random banter, I love ya. Random banter, you're only a day away. Random banter time, buddy. Talk to me, tell me tall tales and tantalizing tidbits of trivia today. So I've got like, you know, Tim Curry cockadoodle doing in my ear. I've got... Carol Burnett being boozy around a bunch of orphaned girls. I've got a bald guy. I've got a dog. I've got some interesting stereotypes from the, you know, early 80s slash turn of the century. And you're talking about tomorrow because it's tomorrow after the day of mourning. Yeah. There's that. There's also uh, a line that Reed says on like page four where he's watching the Future Foundation take down the uh, the four of the Fantastic Four and putting up the hexagon pattern. And he says, so this is tomorrow. So this is tomorrow. It can't possibly be tomorrow because today is today and tomorrow doesn't come until tomorrow. And when tomorrow's here, then it'll be today. And today will be yesterday. Exactly. Yesterday is a permanent fixture of a future that will never come. But we're talking about Future Foundation. No, I thought we were talking about... You know, we don't plan this banter. This banter just kind of comes naturally. And really, this is sad. (laughs) It falls down the stairs all on its very own. (laughs) It falls down the stairs, injures its spleen, possibly breaks a nail. It just does a lot of things. It's pretty sad. Uh, So, I recently decided, uh, thanks to the Fire and Water Network... Because they were finishing up their trilogy of watch-along commentary tracks of the Star Trek trilogy. And by Star Trek trilogy, of course, I mean Star Trek 2, 3, and 4. Because that's the only way that trilogy works. So they were finishing it up with Star Trek 4. And I was listening to them and I said, it's been a minute since I've actually watched it. Because I was listening to them without watching it. Because I'm, I'm that kind of insane. And I said, it's been a while since I watched that. And you know what I'd like to do? I'd like to watch that with my daughter. But I can't possibly have her watch this movie until she's seen two three and then we can watch four and many people asked well did you have her watch the motion picture and i said "Mm, no because uh yeah (laughs) maybe eventually i'll have her watch it but for now it's fine so over the course of a few nights we introduced my daughter to star trek the wrath of khan the search for spock and the voyage home aka the one with the whales yeah, those are good ones. Those are great. Those are that is that is honestly kind of the perfect Star Trek trilogy. To be very honest, it is. It is. Yeah. So good choice on that. What'd she think? She like them? She liked them. She enjoyed them. Uh, because she was coming into it very blind. Mm-hmm. We did watch. We have watched Deep Space Nine together. She hasn't really watched any 
of the original. I think she may have seen one of the original Star Trek TV shows. I know that she one time did a cold reading from oh, a yes. script mm-hmm. of Deep Space of um, of Next Generation, <clears throat> but I don't think she's really watched any of those episodes. I, I think I have her watch that one afterwards. So she really didn't know the characters too well, and she didn't know anything about what the rest of the trilogy was. So we got to the end of the first one. She goes, why did they kill off my favorite character? (laughs) (laughs) She was really upset. She's like, that was the coolest character and they killed him off. And I'm like, you know what, honey, you're going to do just fine in this world. (laughs) Because they wanted those tears, Carrie. That's why they want those tears. You recognize that the, the excellence that is Leonard Nimoy, you understand the beauty that is Spock and you are you are invested in what this entire thing is bringing to you. So, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That's, I'm glad she liked it, though. I'm really glad on that. That's super cool. Yeah. And then, of course, she enjoyed the fourth one because that was just, that's just a fun romp. It's just a fun romp. Yeah, because they're yeah. nuclear wessels. <laughs> nuclear wessels. Nuclear wessels. All right. That's the fun stuff that, you know. I've been doing pop culture wise. Mm-hmm. How about you? Uh, I, what what have you been popping of the culture? Well, m- more than that, I'm, I'm I'm popping in the current season of the culture. I am all. I've got a little problem. I've got a uh, Christmas light addiction. I just keep mm-hmm. on putting up lights. I put up a couple more strands that I had access to today. I'm just like, hey, is that a bush? Can I put lights on that? Yeah, I can run an electric cord out to that. Yeah, I got that uh, on my garage doors. I'm really proud of this one <laughs> is uh, we got uh, a, some Aurora projectors, which just kind of do, you know, the little spinny thing. And it's like, oh, it's green and purple and blue. And it looks kind of like the Aurora if you squint at it right. You can imagine that it is. But we've got our new garage doors and those have an opaque glass in them. And uh, I discovered that they're basically projector screens, reverse projector screens. So I can re- project them from inside the garage onto them. And I'm like, that looks super cool. So uh, yesterday I took two of them and I'd gone to Lowe's and I've got it a bunch of bits and bobs and I perma mounted them up into the, uh, the rails for the, for the new garage doors and have them aimed down and wired up and everything. So that way I can just at a flip of a switch, I can have Aurora garage doors and I'm just, I'm so giddy about it. I just love Christmas lights so much. <laughs> I, I dropped off some stuff at your house recently and I saw the stuff going mm-hmm. on and like, you know, the changes, mm-hmm. you got a new panel or you got new siding on, you got these garage doors, which are ridiculous. You've got the lit up street sign or the, re- yeah, the, the lit up light. address, yep. house numbers, ridiculous. <laughs> you have your insanity of like, I came up, I'm like, Wow. <laughs> I am judging you, sir. It is great. We have gone from having no visibility of like uh, outside lights or anything and a house number that basically didn't exist to just being like, this is our home. This is the house number. Here is light the space for the station called Here and told this. you to knock it off. Never. Okay. <laughs> We're mini Vegas. We're mini Las Vegas strip is what we are. And it's beautiful. And I love it. Needless to say, I was very embarrassed when I dropped off the stuff and I just got out of there. Just, I, I didn't care if you were home or not. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I, I knocked and said, nope, nobody's there. I'm leaving. I didn't even wait to see if you actually showed up at the door. <laughs> Although I will say this. I will say this because I, I know your front door. Knocking on that door, my hand hurt. Mm-hmm. I knocked on the door and there was no give. No. None whatsoever. You hit that door. It is like running into a brick wall and that's glass. And I was like, 
Wow, that that's that's that, impressive. That door is that made is out a, of yeah. That door is made out of white oak solid. and uh, and and panes of glass. It is a nice door, and and it and it's and it's sitting in there, pretty darn tight. Real because, like good. I said, there there is no give, none whatsoever. <laughs> you know, I remember your old door. You knock on oh, it. Yeah, there'd be yeah, a rattle. yeah there'd a be a nice give. There, you know. Yeah, yeah. So Just, you didn't have to knock that hard because you knock it there. You know, this one. Like wrapping your knuckles on the door to Mordor. I know. We, right, just, anyway. we just we just yell at people and say, "Break your hand! <laughs> Show us the stump, then we'll answer." Speaking of broken hands and stumps, <laughs> let's talk about this uh, destroyed team of heroes that need to go on and lift up their broken goblet and say, "We must carry on." That was an interesting segue. It was a very good one, and I'm going to assume it's for the two-sentence replay. So, in a dialogue-free, save for the last page, issue, we see a month of mourning in the Baxter building. From an emotionally desolate Sue, to an irrationally behaving Reed, to a filling with rage to the breaking point bend, to a vengeance-fueled Valeria, to a sad and thinking bad thoughts Franklin, we run the gamut of human emotions as our heroes work their way through the grieving process of the deceased Johnny Storm. Now that the there was also an eight-page bonus comic of Spider-Man hanging out with Franklin, talking about uncles and grief, that was absolutely charming. Two-sentence replay is over. Why don't you give me a beer and tell us what our Power Pack pick is? My pleasure, my friend. I bought this beer quite a while ago, and uh, I knew where I wanted it for. I wanted it for the beginning of the series because I thought it fit well. And uh, also kind of reminded me a little bit of you as well. Mm. Just a little bit. I'm curious to see. So um, check it out and let me know what you think. All right, let's open this proper beer up. Beer nerds. That's the story time on it. Oh, no, beer nerds. <laughs> awesome. Okay. <laughs> I turned it around. I, I just saw a little thing. I'm like, oh, story time says beer nerds. That's funny. And then I turn it over and I look at the picture. And it says beer nerds on glasses on the face of a man with a beard. <laughs> It is literally glasses, a beard, a mustache. I can see why this reminded you of me. Yeah, sometimes yeah. I wear glasses, and I definitely have a beard. And I like grapes, yeah. and I like strawberries, and I like cherries, and I like lemons. And that's apparently things that are in this beer. Oh, I'm yeah. excited about this. <laughs> and of course, nerds, because we have... Future Foundation number one, the start of the Future Foundation. Not only is it the name of the team, but it's also kind of the name of Reed's group of super nerdy kids. So I was like, you're nerds. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, I've held on to this one for a long time. This is Beer Nerds by Mortalis Brewing. The fruited sour has both candy and fruit packed into the can. Concorn grape, strawberry, lemon, and cherry puree were blended with candy nerds for a sweet and but also tart treat. A little, a little nonsense now and then is relished by the wisest men. 6% ABV. This is made with nerds candy. Yeah. That's... <laughs> <laughs> that's a first i mean i've put nerds candy into lots of stuff because <laughs> me lovey some nerd candy but uh man i can tell you right off the bat uh this is red this just just opening the can i got some spray on my hand i'm like well that's colorful now, and then smelling it's not it, red it's not red my friend once you pour this beer you're gonna see it's not red that is that is purple <laughs> <laughs> this has the has the look and consistency of of a uh, a, 
a shake <laughs> of a fruit smoothie. This is. I'm sorry. This just it makes me laugh so hard. I don't know why. It it smells like candy. You open the can, you go. That smells like candy. I sprayed some it, on my hand, and I'm like, that is sure red. That does that does not look real. And now looking through, super opaque. Uh, no real head it on it. It is a purple fruit smoothie. It's it just, it does. It oh looks my like goodness. Some, you'd get, you'd get this from Jamba Juice kind of thing is what it looks like. And it yes, smells. Yes. And now drink it because that Jamba Juice is going to come back. Take a sip of this bad boy. <laughs> I gotta stop laughing at this. This makes me, I don't know if I'm so happy or what, but it just cracks me up. <laughs> What is this? This is not a sour. I mean, it's got little tart notes to it. But oh my, this is this is okay. an alcoholic Jamba Juice. <laughs> Somebody took grape juice and then threw a bunch of nerds into it and let it sit but overnight. It's more and stir than it that. Out. It's yeah. more than that. Yeah, this is. I love this. This, this is, is my, ridiculous. This has replaced my love of Christmas lights. This is my new favorite thing. It is just ridiculous, and I love it. But oh man, yeah, that is. God, that, that is, is opaque, and that is sweet. <laughs> there, there, there is some tartness in there. A little bit. It, man, it, it is oh, not man, oh, excessive. Man. It is not crazy with the tart. This is just. It is fruity. It is sweet. It is grapes and nerds and. It's just candy. <laughs> it's it's just candy, and yet at the same time, there is grapes, <laughs> there is strawberries, there is lemon, there's cherry. I'm, yeah, I'm get- definitely cherry in there. I'm getting yeah, I'm getting the strawberries. I'm getting the lemon. I'm getting yeah, the grape flavor. The cherries a little. No, nope, there's cherries, but it, I'm really getting that grape, the nerd candy flavor. This is amazing, and I am so glad that you have introduced this to me. <laughs> This is, oh, look at you making the smiley faces because it smells so good. God, that is just purple on the screen. That mm. is, yeah, this, this, this is a Jamba Juice. And, yeah. And the add on that they gave you was uh, 6% ABV. So, it's Jamba Juice. It's Jamba Juice with vodka? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but a real smooth one. Wow, that, yeah. I like this. I, I like, do too. I like this. I have nothing else to say about it other than all the other stuff I said. I'm super happy right now. I'm so happy. <laughs> oh, this is going to be fun. All right. <laughs> we have our drink. Mm-hmm. We've got our book. Um, let's get into the opening credits, if you please, sir. FF, issue number one, May 2011, The Club. Writer, Jonathan Hickman. Penciler, Steve Epting. Inkers, Steve Epting and Rick Magyar. Color artist, Paul Mounts. Letterer, VCs, Russ Wooten. Associate Editor, Lauren Senkovich. Editor, Tom Brevoort. Editor-in-Chief, Axel Alonzo. Featuring Mr. Fantastic, Invisible Woman, The Thing, and Spider-Man. And guest-starring the Future Foundation. Alex, Valeria, Bentley, Artie, Dragon Man, Tong, Turgcore, Mick, Bill, Wu, and Franklin Richards. Oh yeah, let's also say hi to the wizard. Hi, the wizard. Hi, the wizard. Welcome to a brand new series arising from the ashes of the world's greatest comic book. Yes, this is FF. A new generation, a new direction. From sadness and sorrow, we are going to bring innovation. So, Rick, how should we begin? How about a team of rogue AIM scientists jumping into a Kirby crackling device and calling it spatial tunneling? AIM. 
Those guys are in the yellow beekeeper outfits who are like a group of really evil and smart Radio Shack employees, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, well, what else you got? Well, the month of mourning may be over, but not everyone is done. Mourning. Reed is still sitting in his lab replaying Johnny's death recording. This was a holographic recording that Johnny did at some point when he was feeling inspirational. The gist is that he thinks that they should keep doing good and not get trapped in the morass of how much it sucks that he is dead. Also, he nominates Peter to join the team, because Spider-Man, in his opinion, is the second best hero ever. Don't you mean third behind Speedball? Rick, I said what Johnny said, and you need to just focus, okay, little buddy? Reed takes a moment and looks out in the lobby where the Moloids are assisting Val in replacing the traditional Fantastic Four symbol with a new icon. Three hexagons in a pyramid shape. The bottom left one is white. The other two, black. Outside, the new member of the team is showing up, aka Spider-Man. While our boy in red and blue makes a grand entrance, the roof of the Baxter building is empty which is a little bit disappointing. Well, if he showed up in Friday, on a Friday, for Friday, he would have gotten an audience. Fair. An elevator rises from the roof and Sue Richard is there in a strange new costume with a variation on that new icon we just talked about. Her suit at the moment is black with white highlights. Sue and Spidey make small talk as they take the elevator down to the main building. Sue also fills Peter in on what has been occurring since the ending of their last series. I, I, I mean since the ending of last month. Nathaniel Richards has been lost in time, but now he is apparently back home at the Quad B. Quad B? Baxter building bed and breakfast. I'm just kind of workshopping it a bit here. You keep working on that, Rick. You keep working on that. But also, Mr. Richards the Senior also brings some new intelligence about future events, so the science kids are all working on different projects to prepare for those upcoming challenges. Sue mentions that she has a night job, being regent of old Atlantis, which is... Kind of a tiny bit of a brag. Hell yeah. And needless to say, everyone is keeping busy, and this keeps them from dwelling on the fact that, well, Johnny's dead. And then Spidey sees Ben in his thing form, sitting in his room in the dark, memories of the recent past dancing through his rocky head. The friendly neighborhood Spider-Man greets the rocky hero and receives a door to the face. Wham! This is not personal. Ben still blames himself and is a little touchy right now. Now? Now he is touchy? I thought that was his baseline character trait. The good news for the new member, he has not only a new room, but a new costume. This is an all-white costume with a black spider that has extended legs going all around the back. Plus, this has a party trick of changing hues and patterns along the black and white theme. This was Sue's idea. She felt the old costumes didn't work anymore. This was more like the world it is right now. Okay, Spidey, you have got your work cut out for you. I am beginning to think that maybe they should have hired a counselor to be the fourth member of the team. Before we can sink further into misery and sorrow, a bright red light alerts everyone that it is time to earn their paycheck. An incident is occurring. A threat level five incident. What? Pray tell is a threat level five incident. Well, Rick, for starters, it is one more than a level four incident. So that's something. Okay, then. To the incident. Away! Meanwhile, at the Pavlov facility... Home of the fighting locked up bad guys and a bunch of dinging bells. With a flash of green light, a batch of yellow-suited dudes land in a blue room. They pretty much stuck in that one corner of the color wheel, didn't they? 
The AIM guys use science to burn a small hole through a reinforced wall and see a naked man performing some yoga in another room. Hey there, you want to put on some shorts before we start, uh, eviling? The wizard is <laughs> very happy to see his rescuers. Whoa, dude. Family show. Fifteen minutes later. Home of the late heroes. Oh, too soon, man. Too soon. Respect for Johnny. It's not what I meant. I meant, you see, they're too, they're, they're tardy. Whatever. They're too late. As the FF flies towards the fiery building, Ben does a cannonball through the blown open roof and starts to punch some yellow suited scientists. You see, he needs to work through some feelings. Ba, ba, boom. And his double fist ground pound clears the floor for the others. It also tells the rest of the aim team to hurry up and finish making the hole into the naked wizard's cell. Being evil takes time. Don't rush it. Let it come to you slowly. You sound exactly like both of the voices on my shoulders. Wait, 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 what? Now that the wizard is free, they hand him his helmet. And no pants. Well, to be fair, they knew he needed the helmet. They had no clue that Dr. McNutty had eaten his clothes. Reed and the others are still fighting their way to the max security area. But they are too late. The behelmeted and sans rest of clothes wizard and a half dozen beekeepers teleport off in a flash of green and the promise of destruction. The wizard also tells Richards that he will be coming for his son slash clone too. And with that, he says to wreck the place on their way out. Zoom. Sue protects her team from Ames' explosive teleport with a shield. But as Ben puts it, That's uh, gonna be a problem, ain't it? On the positive side, back at home base, Reed's time-traveling dad is making a roast. So, when? As the large group of family and friends gather around the table, Spidey walks into another awkward moment as Franklin stops him from sitting next to him. You see, that spot is reserved for his Uncle Johnny. I guess you're gonna say that it's just too soon for this one, isn't it? Yes. We do have a great Alex moment, though, where he leads the table in prayer, starting off with a very broad definition of God or personal higher power for whoever's at the table. Something that is all-inclusive to ridiculous levels, like thanking Tim Price for some reason. Thanks a lot, Bentley. All to say thank you to who or whatever they believe in. The talk at the table is light and easy, such as random talk about possibly terraforming the moon, which is an idea that everyone likes, because it came from Reed. Well, everyone except for Nathaniel Richards. This stops the chatter, and Papa Richards asks if everyone just says, how high, when Reed says, jump. Well, the answer is yes. Obviously, but Reed allows this competition to happen, looking for a challenge and finding it refreshing. Later! As the kids are playing a video game, Reed advises his son to look for the pattern in order to beat it. It actually looks like a good bonding moment between the absent father and his needful son, but it is interrupted by Val and Nathaniel. Of course. And this leads to our closing pages of the book. You see, Val has made a decision, a choice, based upon her vast wisdom. And she got her grandpa to back her up. I mean, he has seen the future. And he does know a thing or two about what's going to happen. Spoilers, dude. Spoilers. Be that as it may... Reed still thinks that this is a bad idea. He is just not totally on board with this new person that Val has invited into his house, the Quad B. Why not? What do you have against Dr. Doom? Oh, let us count the ways. To the depth and breadth of height, my soul can reach when feeling out of sight for the ends of being an ideal grace. Um, Rick, you're quoting EBB. This is supposed to be about your feelings for VVD. 
I'm sure we'll talk about it in the upcoming episodes. But until then, the themes of this issue and the cover credits. Oh boy, a new cover. It's a new issue one. Yay! Those are always exciting because they're so collectible. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> so we have here issue number one. F, F. And we got Spidey coming in, and we got Reed there, and we got the thing, and we got Sue looking more like Val. Really young Sue. Yeah. And you also see, like, the Fantastic Car flying forwards, and there's, like, the Baxter building in the background. They got a couple moons, and it's very artistic, and it's, well, it's very painted kind of look to it. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Hickman, Steve Epting, Paul Mounts, FF. That's them. Shoot there one. you go. Yep. Like I said, a Thing and Spider-Man, they look like them because mm-hmm. they do. Yes. Reed looks a bit off. And like I said, Sue looks real young. Sue looks off. Reed looks beefier than normal. It's more kind of a, a younger face. Yeah. A different face. He looks yeah. more adventurer scientist than scientist adventurer. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. If Honestly, though, yeah, like you were saying, they do look different. If you had put Reed and Sue in these costumes in front of me and uh, I had no knowledge about f- 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 <laughs> I would not know that it's them. Sue, I think it's a height thing for Sue because they, they she's really small. She's smaller and Reed looks very towering. So it looks a lot more like, oh, if that's Reed, then that height wise, that's Valeria. So yeah, yeah it's different. Yeah, it's Steve Epting. I, I like his work. This is just feels a little bit off. Now, because this is an issue number one, there are multiple covers. So I'll kind of run through a couple of them here. We have the Marco Jordvik and I'm sorry if I mispronounced that cover, which is very stark, and it's just Reed in the white suit, and he's got the the weird hexagon symbol behind him. It's kind of cool. Another one we got is by uh, Stan Goldberg with inker Joe Sinat, and this is kind of a cartoony one. It's got Spidey Thing, Reed, and Sue, and they're all kind of action posed, but it's very kid cartoony one. It's very old school, like electric company cartoon. Yeah, yeah. Then we have the Daniel Acuna one, which is very action packed. It's like you got the fantastic car coming forward. Reed and Sue and Thing are in there and like Reed and Sue got big smiles on her face and Spider-Man's in front and he's like swinging out there and you've got the rest of the fanta- the FF kids around them and they're all doing kind of things. They're all kind of bouncing around there. Val's in the Thing's arm. It's kind of cool looking. Mm-hmm. Gerald Perel is, this one is a, I think is tie-in to, I believe the Inhumans show might have been out about this time, I think, because it's the Inhumans, which have nothing to do with this comic, <laughs> no, but we have- They are mentioned. Mentioned. I they are mentioned yeah. at the table when Reed was talking about terraforming the moon, because he says, we're going to probably have to deal with the Inhuman. He may have said probably, I'm not sure right now, but he said, we're going to have to probably deal with the Inhumans. What if we terraform the meal? I will take that back. It's not the Inhumans. It is Medusa in the background, but I just mm-hmm. figured it out from what you said. We have Medusa in the background. We've got the wizard there who's shooting something. I believe that should be Namor, maybe, because I think I see pointed ears there. That is hard to tell on that front guy. That's really hard to tell. And then there's somebody with a bunch of guns back there. So I think I think this is getting into that threat thing that you're talking about, maybe? Potentially. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, maybe this is dealing with all the different threats going on. But yeah, we can... Okay, Inhumans, sure, Medusa. Okay, the new one with AIM and Wizard, yeah, that's covered. We can say the Atlantean one, which is Namor, and then... Guy with guns. Guy with guns, which is always an issue. I mean, come on, that's... Sure, yeah. We have another one here from Marco Drordvik, and this is the Thing, once again, in the the white costume standing in front of the 
Fantastic Four symbol. And then the last one is Ed McGuinness and Dexter Vines, which is a throwback to issue number one of Fantastic Four. We have the monster coming out of the ground and you've got Fantastic Four that's fighting them, except this time the Fantastic Four is all in the white costumes. And instead of Johnny Storm, you've got Spider-Man. Yeah, that's a classic cover. And there's been so many redos of that. Uh, And all of them are great because it's a great cover. Which of these covers do you like the most? I'm an easy man. I really like the Thing one. I think the Thing one looks really good. They're all pretty great, but I like the Thing one a lot. I kind of like the Daniel Acuna one. Mm -hmm. It's not as clean art as I like, but I like the fact that everybody's on it and they're all coming towards you and there's a lot of action in there. I think some of the other ones are done a little better, but I like what this one's got in it because this is what this book is. It's, we're in a new adventure. That's about everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not just the Fantastic Four. It's not just the first family. It is the whole crowd. Yep. It's all of them. Yep. Yep. It's new people. It's all the kids. It's it's everybody. So it is neat for that. Some people get more real estate than others. Spider-Man being obviously yep. front and center because uh, you want to make paper off paper. You, well, they're Spidey. Yeah. That and the fact that Spider-Man's with the team. And I guess we should talk about that now. Spider-Man has joined the team. This is something that he has always wanted. This goes back to Amazing Spider-Man number one. That's one of the first things he wanted to do. He goes, I am Spider-Man, the new kid on the block. I want to join the Fantastic Four. And the Fantastic Four said, hey, kid, here's your walking papers. They said four. Remember four? And there's, hey, counting. There's four of us. And fantastic. Not amazing. Yeah. Not spectacular. No. no. Fantastic. Definitely not web. Also, he... Definitely not web. Yeah. He kind of went about it the wrong way where he's like, oh, I know if I break into their home building, then they'll be like, oh, this guy's a great hero. Yeah. Yeah. Then misunderstandings occurred. I like the fact that they've got him in that issue. You show him in a, a glass tube that he's going like kind of yep. trapped in. And that's one of the first things they're doing. He's in a glass tube writing down with, with Sue Richards. And I was like, ah, that's kind of a little fun little play in that. They're kind of remember how that all kind of came out. <laughs> so I, I like this. I like the fact that it makes sense. It makes sense for them to have another brainy kid. They've got mm-hmm. somebody who is young, somebody who is already an established adventurer, somebody who has got that comedy element that Johnny brings to the team, plus he can hold his own. And and they know that he yes. can fit in there and he can figure things out and he can work with the team. They've worked with him enough now, so it makes sense. And Johnny recommended him. Yeah, Johnny recommended him. Also, uh, he can work well with all the kids. Yeah. All the kids like him. That's a big deal. They like him. That's a big deal. Johnny recommended him. That's a big deal. And also, Spider-Man. I mean, come on. He's awesome. They trust him. Yeah. Yeah. As well, they mostly should when he's not superior. Uh, hey, you know, it happens. But they they do happens. trust him. Unlike trusting Doctor Doom. Yeah, that's a, that's a hard sell right there. That's a <laughs> real hard sell. That's a hard, 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 hard pull. But we have something interesting going on. Doctor Doom was teased about during the last issue with the month of mourning. He abdicated Mm -hmm. his throne to Kristoff. He went to see the memorial to pay his respects. He is here. He has called in a favor with Valeria, who is his goddaughter, because reasons. Mm -hmm. So he is there for a purpose. Now, whether Reed likes it or not, it's almost like Reed doesn't have a choice in this because... Yeah, Reed does not have a real choice. His daughter, his daughter is wants this, and and his dad wants this, and mm-hmm. there's a new power dynamic in the house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, there is other things afoot that are causing things to be changed. Things are different now. And I think this probably explains why I had uh, seen a run of Doctor Doom when he was wearing white, and this might explain it to me now. No, 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 totally different reasons. Nope. Okay, I've got a Doctor Doom in white right over here. He's holding the spine and skull of somebody. Mm, could be anybody. Oh, it's definitely Thanos. 
Okay. Okay. And there is reasons, but we will get to that yeah, in the future. Uh, <laughs> we will get to that in the future. Cosmic Doctor Doom, when he is the Secret Wars Doctor Doom. Yeah, lots. There is so much comic history, it's hard to yeah, get up on. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. we got we got mm-hmm. a lot to get to before we get to that. Right now we got we are here with Doctor Doom being introduced into this new book. So there's a lot of fun things that are getting changed and there's getting we don't have enough problems already. We've got Dr. Doom here. We still have the Annihilus threat that we got to deal with. We still have whatsoever going on with the Inhumans. Atlantis, that is an mm-hmm. ongoing problem. New World's probably still a thing. Yeah, we, we've got a lot of stuff that's happening in the future that we got to deal with. Okay, great. Dr. Mm-hmm. Doom's in the house. Great. What else can possibly... Oh, the wizard yeah. broke out of jail. So the most unstable man who has got an intelligence that's... Near the same scale. It, it's in the bell curve to Reed Richards. <laughs> it is definitely in the he is a smarty. Yes. He's a smart man. He is a smart scientist, smart person. And he also hates the Fantastic Four with a burning, yes. fiery passion of 2000 not dead Johnny Storms. Oosh. Too soon. Too, too soon. soon. Too soon. Too soon. So, yeah, he's out of jail and he's hooking up with AIM, which probably is a bad idea. Yeah, I love the fact that AIM was like, we need to. The rest of AIM is stagnated. We need to look towards the future. We need to reinvent and get new ideas. So we'll go to the wizard. You know, crazy, crazy guy. Sure. Crazy guy who's losing his brain in the prison cell. Yeah. That's probably going to be some pretty interesting science going on there. Hey, don't knock it until you try it. If I don't remember right, you have been letting your science degree kind of stagnate there, Dr. Cowboy. So... Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you are yeah. a couple of a couple of good pairs of underwear away from being the wizard naked in a cell. Closer and closer. Yeah, uh, you should see me. It's that's kids going to school, and it's just she leaves without drop her off the bus. I'm like, bye, honey, love you. And then I just fall into a puddle. Clothes start falling off, and I just go blah, 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 crazy town. So. You, how many neighborhoods are you not allowed to go in and now? Okay, we don't have time for this. We don't have time for this. We don't. Here's, have to- <laughs> no, here's the, here's the deal. I mister, misunderstood the concept of a neighborhood watch. Mm-hmm. You thought it was a peep show. Yes, I thought it, I thought it was a forced uh, a, a voluntary <laughs> peep show that people partook in. And okay. uh, boy, was I wrong. Color me red. All right. Color uh- me. Color me kind of a pale pink. <laughs> Overall, pretty good start to the story. I think we should also mention the really good artwork by Steve Epting and Rick Magyar. I like this combination. I like this pair. I think that they are clean. I think it's very, very nice, very realistic art. And I I kind of enjoy it. I think it's it's real good. And the guy can even do kids pretty well, too. So I like that. I, I like the artwork. I think it's clean. I think it's good. Uh, he does kids really well. It is really nice art. It really is. It looks good. All of it looks good. He does the he does the moody emotion stuff really well with like Ben and kind of you know some darker black with some kind of darker backgrounds around him. The colorful the yeah it, it's it looks pretty nice. The characters maybe not quite looking like what I'm used to them looking like, but I'm going to adapt pretty quickly and understand who's who. Uh, anything else you wanted to talk about about this issue? You want to talk about the costumes? Yeah. What do you think about those? I like a black and white costume or a white and black costume. I think they're. I think that it's neat in that regard. So I like the fact they can change the designs on them if they want, kind of go on some patterns and things. I do think that they're a little busy, just with some like piping and some you know some. Oh, here's put some lines on. Why is there lines? We put lines on. That's why it's very mechanical and futuristic, kind of robotic. Yes, but I do have a problem with them. Mm-hmm. In the sense that 
Sue wanted to move past the four because, you know, Spidey was all like, oh, we're not doing the four with the circle thing around it anymore. And Sue's like, no, it didn't feel right because of Johnny and everything. And it's a black and white. It feels like a black and white world. And so we're doing this. And it was kind of the we're going for something new that's all inclusive. It's not going to be the four because that's referencing the Fantastic Four. However, you know, what's cool. Hexagons are cool. Three hexagons mm-hmm. are very cool, right? And everybody that has a hexagon on their thing has two black and one white hexagon. And the one white hexagon is in a different spot, depending on who it is. So, like, read his white spots up on top. And Sue's is, like, on the, I think, bottom right. And Ben's is over on the bottom left. You know, like, so it includes everybody because four... It's, uh, switched, switched around those ones. Uh, Sue's is on the left. Ben's on the right. But, yeah, see, you got what you got there. Yeah. But because they wanted to move past the four, because they thought that that yeah. was, you know, no, that, you know, oh no, it's, that was the four. But so now they have three. Yeah. They basically have three on their chests, and it's not all the same. They've gone so far past the four that they circled back around to three. Yeah. They, they so future foundationed it so that they're at threes, and each of the original three of the Fantastic Four get their own hexagon placement and it's but spider-man gets a a, a spider yeah he gets a, a hexy spider and stuff and some chevrons on it running down his legs and arms and things which is great but i like hexagons they can make that work totally as a team uniform however i still think it's still a little but we're the fantastic four but there's three of us now look at our thing on the chest yeah. so it bothered me in that regard because for trying to look forward to the future and tie in everybody and have the future foundation of the kids and spider-man and everything they're still going but we're the original three and we get the neat yeah. thing. So that frustrated me on that. I think I'm agreeing with you on it. I, for the most part, I like the costumes. It's nice to try something different. I don't mind the effort to go into it. I don't mind them trying to do a little rebranding. But you're right. It still is proprietary. Yeah. This is who I am. I am part of this team. There is exclusionary, even with our new fourth person. Mm-hmm. And they kept it, they kept his spider motif theme. And that makes sense. But I, yeah. I just see how it could be... The, the Spider-Man costume and their costumes could be tweaked a little bit more just to time in for everybody kind of thing. But th- yeah. th- that's me. I don't know. I think it still is a little bit poor taste with Sue giving Spider-Man a black costume with, with a spider piping. on it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, yo, you remember me in the black alien symbiote? I'm just saying. Just saying. Yeah, with the, with the white wraparound spider. Looked real cool. Everybody really liked that. Glad I can make a tech variation of that costume. Wouldn't want to yep, yep, yep. drag back any old painful memories. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. We can make new painful memories. Yep. Let's talk about some galleries of greatness. What piece of art in this book needs to be pinned to our nice, new, shiny, hexagon-filled walls? No fours anywhere, but we're still going to have four pieces of art we're going to choose what? So my backup joke one is in the back half of the book. It's where they're at the table. They're having dinner. It's a nice meal after the initial awkwardness of Spider-Man. And it gets down to the one part where, you know, Nathaniel Richards says, hey, let's um, let's not just agree with everything Reed says. <laughs> and the entire table stops. <laughs> and everybody looks at the head of the table where Nathaniel's at. And it's awkward. <laughs> I'm not going to say that that's on page 21, and I'm not going to say that I called it, was it something I said? And I'm not going to say that it was my top joke one. However, all of those are facts. So, yeah. Yep, yeah, yeah. (laughs) What do you have for your backup joke one then, sir? My backup joke one is on page seven, Mm -hmm. and I call it FF, directed by an off-brand John Woo. (laughs) 
And that is uh, Spider-Man is swinging towards the Baxter building and there's pigeons all around him in the air. And I love John Woo's directing style. He loves the slow motion with the with the uh, doves. So this is a very New York version of that. A little Kirkland off-brand version where it's pigeons flying in the air. I just, I, I just cracked me up. No, I get that. I get that. The only problem is, is that it's not near the end. It's not the big action scene. If they had the doves flying out when they were trying to bust out the wizard from the jail, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> but <laughs> aim just, yeah, they just yell. It's the aim is yelling at their friend. It's like Doctor Barry. Why did you bring the dove generator with you? Why not? I, we are evil. Yeah, I always bring a dove generator. Evil scientists. Speaking of which, that scene where. The wizard and his crew, 86 out of the place, Mm -hmm. and they're all covered in this green light. And you got the wizard in the center, and like there's three aim guys on one side, three aim guys on the other side. And I just have to ask you one question. Jeff, name this rock band. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Green Beekeep. Green green Bee Fire. Uh, I'm going to say Devo and the Pantsless Wizard. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah, that's good. I like it. That is my top joke one. What is your backup good art, sir? My backup good art is on page 14, and it's the bottom half panel, and I call it Express Elevator. And this is where Ben and Spidey are leaping down to uh, get into the building that the Pavlov facility is being under attack. And Ben's just jumped out of the FF car, the future foundation car, fantastic car, whatever they want to call it now. And it's just going to barrel straight through the building to get to where he's going. And that's an express elevator. That's an express elevator. It just looks good. It looks so good. It does. And you can tell exactly the size of boot that Ben is wearing. Yep. And that boot size (laughs) is big. My backup good art, I am going to guess that it may copy your best art. Mm -hmm. It is the final page. And I just have to say, Doom. Oh, you know what? I was tempted. I was very tempted. I love me a Doom. I do, I do, I do. But I did not go for it. Wow, that's actually amazing. It's a great picture. It is Doom sitting there, standing there. This guy's cloak pulled around him. And this is kind of Jeff's style where you got the kind of monotones going on. Because you don't see really the green. There's hints of it. But it's mostly black and white. And it's just Doom just standing there like a statue. It's pretty fantastic. Very pretty. Very pretty. Trust me, it was on the list. It really was. It's a a good image. However, it's not what I picked, which is on page six. And I just call it, it's Spidey. That was my... Top good art. Yep, that's my that top. That was my top good art as well. Yep, it's uh, it's it's Spidey. It's a splash page of Spider-Man and he's swinging through the city and there's lovely cloudy, looks like a sunrise. Looks a lot like the sunrise that was this morning, actually. It was quite pretty. Yeah, love it. Love yep. it. Spider-Man being Spider-Man, just all web-slinging and everything. Yep, yep, yep. He's really good at that. He's also really good at doing insults. Jeff, rubber and glue, what is the most childish or the best insult in this book. What do you have for your backup one? My backup one is on page 14, and this is, we've kind of mentioned it a little, a little bit ago. This is uh, Express Elevator, is when Ben's jumping out mm-hmm. of the Fantastic Car. Yeah, Spidey's going with him, and Ben just goes, I'm going. Try and keep up. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. My backup one is on the next page, and it's a classic. It's in here, and it's, I'm glad we're able to say it. It's when Ben calls Spidey a webhead. Yeah. I like it. It's a good old classic. It's a good insult. I like it. I like it. <laughs> what do you have for your top one? Now, I'm thinking we might be on the same page with this one. I'm kind of hoping that we are. And we this might be. is on page two. Oh, no. No, I oh. got something different, but go for it. Okay. And this is Dr. Gemma and Dr. Forson. 
Dr. Gemma is all, Dr. Forson, are you sure that breaking away from the others is the right way to go? And his response is, that stench you smell is stagnation, Dr. Gemma. Our brothers at AIM have lost their nerve, and for too long we have lost our way. I just love, the stench you smell is stagnation. Like, not bad. This is kind of that Reed speech that he gave, you know, a couple of Fantastic Fours ago, where he went to his symposium that he created and was just like, look at all of you. Stinkers, stick in the mud, do nothings. This is... That's actually a good parallel there. It's like Reed called out his fellow scientist, and now we see the other side, AIM, doing the same thing. Yep. Yeah. People want to move forward. Future AIM. Speaking of moving forward and future, my top insult, it comes from none other than Nathaniel Richards. <laughs> this is at the dinner, and he says, what? We don't do dissenting opinions here? Reed just normally says something and everyone automatically agrees? That's ridiculous. <laughs> I like the highbrow, who are you people? Mm-hmm. Are you just going to let him, you know, it's throwing down the gauntlet in front of everybody. It's challenging that alpha male position. It's good. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The Parent of the Year Award, Reed Richards Award for good parenting. Jeff, what you going to do with this one this time? Nathan, Nathaniel, I'm giving it yep, to him. Yep. I'm going, I, and it's not as a joke or an insult. Just as he was like a parent. He was a dad. He's like, he made a roast. He wanted to make sure people were eaten. He was concerned about their well-being. He was also challenging his kid. But your kid comes to the table, Dad, I'm going to be a rock star. And it's like, you might also want to think, that's great. But really? Kind of a thing. It's just like, let's terraform the moon. Um, I don't think that's a great idea. I mean, you don't have any right to it. And yeah, so he was a very, though a little insulting as well. When, you know, he's telling Reed, it's like, clean your plate, son. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, you don't need to force food on people. But he was he was definitively a parent. I don't know. I got to force food on my daughter. That's just me, though. I mean, we, we that's an ongoing issue right there. Yeah, but it, yeah, she she's like a, how they thought spiders used to survive on air alone. So, yeah, yeah. I'm actually giving mine right back to Reed because it's a simple little thing. It's a one little scene that occurs. It's him talking to his son about how to win a video game. I like that. It's the good side of parenting. Mm-hmm. It's taking an interest in something that the kid is doing for fun and giving them a little bit of advice, but still have encouraging the fun. Yeah. I thought it was well done. He wasn't pushing his son. He was just trying to help in yeah. a good way. So well, I liked it. What was great on that too was that he didn't like go, oh, here, give me the remote. Here, give me the game controller and I can get you past this level. That's how you do it. You do this. He didn't do that. He was just like, son, yeah, take your time. Look at the pattern. It's there. It might be simple, but it's probably complex. But you find that pattern, you'll win every time. And Franklin's response is like, yeah, well, where's the fun of that? Yeah. And I think yeah. It, that kind of stopped there because then Val and Nathaniel came in and said, that is far too much parenting time, Reed. You got to get back <laughs> on the clock of being a bad parent. TikTok, TikTok, little sunny boy. TikTok, ignore your kid. All right. Most popular and most shunned. We want to identify the character that was the best and which character was the worst in this issue. Jeff, who's your worst? Nobody was super terrible in this one, but I am going to a default setting and I'm giving it to Reed. Aww. Mm-hmm. Poor Reed. How I did know. Reed, how did Reed hurt you this um, time? Didn't go greet Spider-Man. 
Reed, for being the more uh, most obnoxious one in the room, usually, he isn't having a lot of agency. He's getting surprised by things. You know, he's just like, no, I don't want Dr. Doom. Dad, daughter. <laughs> okay, fine. We'll have him. It's just like, I don't want a puppy. Oh, I'm going to be friends. We'll have a puppy then. So he doesn't have a lot of agency. He's, again, nobody was terrible, but Reed just wasn't great. I'm going to disagree with you because I think there was somebody that was really bad. And that was Ben Grimm. Mm. I know Ben is still hurting, yeah. but that was rude. That was incredibly rude, and that was just yeah. Bad I, I get that. I bad fully, form. I fully stand by your choice on that. I, yeah. I don't want to grief shame somebody, but yes, Spider Man shows up, says, "Hey, how you doing?" and gets a door in his face. Yeah. It's his first day there. Mm-hmm. He knows it's awkward. Ben should recognize that it's awkward. Ben should be just a little bit giving on mm-hmm. that one. He knows Spider Man. That was rude. Yeah. That was rude, and it was uncalled for. He really needed to say something like, not not today, Pete. Yeah. yeah. Something yeah. along those lines would have been a lot There are better ways to do this. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm all on board with your choice of Ben, which is a shame because we love Ben. But, yeah. but still, ben, Ben's working through stuff, but he's kind of lashing out the wrong way. Yeah. My best was Spider-Man. You got something different? I'm going to say Sue, but Spidey's a great okay. choice. I'm going for Sue. Sue is the only one who greeted him. Yeah. No, no, I agree. Sue gave him the tour. Sue was there. Literally, there is an entire building of beings that didn't go and greet Spider-Man on (laughs) his first day as part of the FFF. Yes, yes. Yeah, I said Spider-Man because it was awkward as heck. Oh, yeah. And dude was trying. Oh, big time, I mean, give him an award for that. He showed up and said, y'all hurting. I'm here. I am going to play this as smooth as I possibly Mm -hmm. can. And I think he did a good job. I think he really tried. He was there. He took the cues. He understood when things happened. Franklin says, this is Uncle Johnny's seat. Not a problem. Not pushing it. We're just going to, we're going to roll with the punches. Yeah. I even like the fact it was along those lines too, because he's just like, I'm Franklin's friend. He likes me. I can give him some cheer up time. Oh, you don't want me sitting in this chair because it's Johnny's. It won't happen again. Don't worry about that, little buddy. Yeah, super, super calm waters on Spidey. It was great. Let's talk about top grades. We need to evaluate this issue against all the other issues with one, two, or three, or a few members of the Power Pack. And we do have Power Pack in here. We had Alex give the great little (laughs) blessing speech (laughs) that covers all of the deities (laughs) or Anything you want to believe in. So Alex was here. We can rank this book all covered with Power Pack. Top of the list, brand new, Fantastic Four, 588, Month of Mourning, The Funeral for Johnny Storm. Down at number 10, we've got The Loners, number four. That's where Julie becomes an actress for a hot second. Spot number 20, Wolverine, number 37, Fall Back and Spring Forward, Wolverine bouncing through time. And at the bottom of the list still is What Lies Beneath, Loners, number three, Jeff, 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 <laughs> FF. Issue number one. This is a pretty good comic. Yeah, it's not in a hospital bed. It definitely isn't there. No, 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 no. But it's also not grieving. So it is good. Let's look at definitely top half. So let's look at 13. Maddie convinces Chris to hunt down drug makers. In the loners, number yeah, one. This is a better first issue. Mm-hmm. I, I say that, but this is not a first issue. This is, but it's not. Yeah, it's... You aren't really mm. having to introduce anything. It's moving the story along. It's it's tying some things up. It's adding the new things. I, You know what? I On some levels, I think that this is a better book than that loners volume one. Mm-hmm. But I think that that loners number one does a lot more heavy lifting. And I think it should get a little bit more credit for that. Mm-hmm. You know what, though? I think I might be fine right below it. We have Days of Future Franklin below that. That was Franklin's birthday party, which was eh, 
an okay yeah, issue. Had some good. Had some weak. Yeah, I, I'm fine with this going right below in the new spot number 14. New 14. Below yeah. Loner's number one. That's good. Yeah. It's a good spot for it. Again, yeah, the, this issue for being a number one has had a lot of heavy lifting done previously for like 578 yeah. issues. It has 60 now, years of history behind it to kind of get you to this point where you're like, oh, and you're like, yeah, I know who everybody is. It's cool. Now, don't get me wrong. This is a good book. This is a solid start. This is a good building block for what's to come. Mm-hmm. That's not a problem at all. I I think that this is great beginning step. It's setting things up and moving things forward. There's nothing earth shattering in here at all, except for the last page with Dr. Doom showing up, yep. but we're going to get to that later on. So I think just on its own, it's fine. It's good. It's just perfectly acceptable for what it is. But you know what I know is not just acceptable, but I think is possibly exceptional. Mm-hmm. And that is this beer. Yeah. Beer nerds. <laughs> <laughs> dear me oh my dear me oh my this is once again beer nerds by mortalis brewing I, I gotta tell you a couple times when i've taken a sip of this i've like just gulped it down i'm like yum 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 oh tart hit my face and i'm just scrunching it all up and then i'm like oh that was tasty <laughs> i'm not getting that same amount of tart i am getting some tart but like i said it's a huge mouthful and then i'm like oh that was good yep. and then just mm, the sour hits <laughs> it's almost just like the lemon it's like a lemonade mm. kind of thing going on with it. This is a very flavored lemonade. Super good. I really want to knock this beer because I took a big swig of it and it went down the wrong pipe and I had a big coughing fit. But I don't think that's the beer fault. I think I have a stupid mm. body. So It goes with your face. I'm uh, cutting that part out. <laughs> Merry no, I- Christmas, Rick. <laughs> My dreams have come true of being sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I like this. It's this good. is good. This is tasty. Mm-hmm. This is wild. Wild as anything. <laughs> it is hazy as heck, too. There's so much sediment at the bottom. I'm like, yeah, that's the fruit, man. I love it. I love it. I loved it at the beginning, and I love it now. The flavor profile has not changed. It has It has gone from cold to cool. It is just... Everything about it is great. I love this. It is it's a great fantastic. beer. I am. <laughs> this is a great beer. It is so. I. It is definitely a four or five for me. I'm all trying to go. Is it a five? It's super good. You know what? Screw it. It's a five. I love it. It's great. I'm gonna join you on the five. This is bizarro world. This is nuts, but I like it. I think it's enjoyable. I think it is. It's a whole lot of a lot, Mm -hmm. but I'm having fun with it, and I want to find more of this at some point in time. (laughs) The laughter that I was giving at the beginning about this with seeing the can and then cracking it open and smelling it and pouring it and drinking, all that, the laughter that I was having, it was laughter of delight and joy because it was just, it was so ridiculous, but ridiculous in such a good way. It was the, uh, the naked gun of beers. Made me laugh, but Boy, I really wanted to watch it. You know, it's just super good. I love this beer. It is, yeah, it is a five. It is so great. And I want more of this. And I want to share it with uh, Hillary, but also I don't want to because I enjoy it this much. I'm actually thinking the same thing. I'm like, this might be something Cindy might like. Cindy might not get a taste of it, though. (laughs) Tough for her. Yeah, I might just, yeah, just wafted over just blow blow some breath out what'd you drink tonight something tasty that you're not gonna yeah, taste something maybe All you right. don't need to know because it's super super good and you know what else is super super good when you talk to your daughter carrie in kids perspective so rick and carrie please take it away hello carrie hello day we are talking about 
FF number one, a new series, a new comic book written by Jonathan Hickman after he closed down the Fantastic Four book, right? Yeah, and it's basically the same people, just one member is a little different. Yep. You were wondering who they were going to get to replace Johnny Storm. And who is it? Spider-Man! Are you excited, surprised, or shocked to see Spider-Man as the replacement? Not really. I felt like it was going to happen. Okay. All right. What do you think of Spider-Man's first day on the team? How do you think it went? Probably bad. I mean, they didn't even get to capture a villain for the first day. They also had to see naked wizards, so that was probably... Yeah. Bad start. No, nobody wants to see a naked wizard. Nobody wants to see a naked wizard. Luckily for us, the comic book readers, they like shadowed in the inappropriate parts. <laughs> so Spider-Man shows up and he's given a cold shoulder by Ben and Sue is the only one that meets him and there's a new- Talks to him. Yeah, talks to him. There's new uniforms, there's new branding. How would you feel- on a day like that, if you went in to be part of a team and everything changed from what you knew? I feel a bit, like, sad. <laughs> I probably would want to be, like... Spider-Man wants to be on the Fantastic Four, and he came in expecting Fantastic Four, and he got a different team. Probably the same, almost the same people, but just a different team in general. And... When nobody really greets you except one person, <laughs> that's a little sad. Yeah, it it seems very awkward around there, doesn't it? Yeah, because he can't even sit in this one seat. Yep. And that did get awkward and sad and stuff. Yeah, it's it's really weird. It's really awkward. And yeah. Yeah. What do you think about the new costumes that the Fantastic Four have? It's okay. I'm so used to... Fantastic Four outfits. Yeah, the Future Foundation ones are a little weird. They're a little mechanical, futuristic. They've got the hexagons. They're so uncolorful. It's like what Sue said. She was like, it feels like a black and white world, which is, that's fair, but doesn't mean you your costumes have to affect it. <laughs> I guess they did need a change, though, because after what happened, you know, it's probably... A little awkward with the old outfit. Mm -hmm. What do you think about Nathaniel Richards, Reed's dad? What do you think about him? He seems cool. <laughs> yes. He is willing to talk back to Reed, and he's willing to challenge Reed, and that's good, I guess, right? Yeah, it gets shows more argument on the team. No. Different points of no. view? Yeah, different points of view. That's that's the word. It apparently seems like he th since he thinks that teaming up with Doctor Doom mm -hmm. was a good idea, does that necessarily mean it's a good idea? Because, I mean, he's from the future, mm -hmm. but... Well, between him and Valeria, Reed and the rest of the family don't have too much of a choice, right? <laughs> yeah. Is, like, Reed's whole family so, like, smart? And stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They're all pretty smart. Father was smart, and he's smart, and his daughter's smart. Just everybody's smart. <laughs> I wonder how weird it was for when he went to school and was like, I'm smarter than you all, and then everybody was just apparently below him. Well, that's kind of the reason why him and Victor Von Doom had problems. They went to school together, and oh. they were both trying 
to be the smartest ones there. And Reed was the one who pointed out that some of Victor Von Doom's calculations were incorrect, but Doom wouldn't hear of it, and he did an experiment, and it blew up in his face, and that's why he wears the mask. And that's also why he hates Reed Richards. That's so funny. I did not know that. (laughs) And I just brought it up, and I just didn't know. I guess you haven't read a lot of the history of Fantastic Four. I I said that not even knowing. (laughs) It's so funny that's actually true. Yeah, yeah, they were smartest people on, on campus. Wow. Is there anything else you want to talk about about this book? I don't think so. Okay. Thank you very much for your time, Carrie. Uh, You're welcome. I love you. Love you too. Good job, Carrie. Really, really good. I appreciated that. I loved it. Not as much as the beer that me and Rick had, but still super good. Shout out, Tom. We'd like to recognize those listeners that take time to write in or leave us a review. This is for episode 122, Fantastic Four, number 587, World Eater, Charles Gears. Clinton Rubison and his podcast, Comic and Coffee and Fan Film Fridays. Hoover Jeremiah and his Wrapping Up podcast, Four Million Years Later. Aw, that makes me a little sad. That's a fun one. Jeremy Daw. And big shout out to Jeremy Daw for continuously sending us some great feedback on our shows. We really should respond a bit more to you. We really appreciate it. We really do. Yeah, he he is taking up the mantle of Tim Price and writing in on every episode that we do. And I'm really trying to keep up on responding. And then I I do things. I'm like, I haven't responded to anything in like six weeks. And then I respond to everything. And I'm like, all done. And then the the crops come back in and I read them and I need to get back and respond to uh, to Jeremy's stuff. So everybody jump on the website, write, write things to us. It's great. Also, if we could have more reviews, that'd be great too. Everything like that. But uh, I love the interaction that we get with Jeremy on uh, the website. I love chatting with him about stuff on that. So please join us there. It's great. And thank you to Mal. Matthew Birdsey. Tim Price, the podcrasher in his podcast, The Outcasters. Waffles and his wonderful podcast, Waffles and Mates Talk About Things. I also like to do a big thank you to those people that give us a dime or two to keep doing the show over at Patreon. And I'm talking about people like adorably astonishing and amazing Andrew Burns. Cheerfully cheeky and charming Char Logan. Challenging cheesy and chuckling Charles Gears. Destructive and devastatingly delightful Damian Witter. Dynamically dangerous and devious Doug Jones. Exciting, energetic, and entertaining Edward Verrocci. Intelligent, interesting, and innovative Isaac Perry. Jesting, joking, and jovial Jeff Polier. Just jealous and jeweled Jeremy Daw. Muscly, mighty, and meticulous Matthew Birdsey. Mythical and magnificent monologuing Matthew Laserwitz. Rudely rhyming and running Rustin Fritcher. Steely, salty, and steamy Sailor Bear Zodar. Sad and sickeningly silly Shag Matthews. Strange and stirringly steady Stephen Gray. Tyrannically terrifying and tame Tim Price. Technically terrific and triumphant Toddy Knock. Way, way wordy and wobbly waffles. Weird and wonderfully wacky win. Next issue, we are going to cover Amazing Spider-Man Volume 1, Number 658, The Fantastic Spider-Man. Please be sure to check out my other show, Monthly Monday Movie Muckabout on the Longbox Crusade Podcast Network. And we have some merchandise available on Redbubble. Go to redbubble.com and search for Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. Jeff and Merck Present is a bi-weekly self-produced podcast recorded in front of a live studio audience of a Jamba Juice that is making me very difficult to talk and work these words in Portland, Oregon. 
It's a boozy beer that we've been drinking. Anyways, if you would like to interact with us through the magic of the internet, you can do so through Twitter at Present. Our Facebook page, Jeff and Rick Present. Our email address, Jeff and Rick Present, all one word at gmail.com or at our website, Jeff and Rick Also, we have a YouTube channel at Jeff and Rick Present. And if you would like to help support our show, we are on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com, Jeff and Rick Present, all one word. We are also a proud supporter of the Hero Initiative, and we'll be donating 10% of our Patreon donations to this great cause. We encourage everyone to give what they can to this worthwhile organization that helps the creators who provide us with such great content. Go to heroinitiative.org to find out more. Please rate and review us wherever you can. Tell your friends about us or share your love for us on social media. And as always, we want to thank the powerful people in our packs. My wife, Cindy, and our daughter, Carrie. My fiance, Hillary, and our daughter, Aurora. We, we love, love you. you. Until next time. Costumes, costumes off. off. Our theme music is 80s Action by Kevin McLeod. Also featured in this episode is Deadlights by Keith Wilk. All music is found at acoptic.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 License. <laughs> I, gotta, I, I gotta figure out my whole setup now because this is just... This is so delightful! <laughs> <clears throat> oh, that's the best. I love it. Fantastic Four, issue number one. May 2011. The Club. No, no. F- no, no. Oh, try again. It's FF. Ba-ba-boom. Next issue. We are going to be covering... I'm going to get it. I'm going to say words and they're going to make sense and flow out of my mouth in a way that's smart.